standby for stage reset and house lights. Thanks team for another great show. I'll see you all backstage. This is Designed to Change, Backstage Conversations. Julia, welcome backstage. Thanks for having me. That music was so relaxing. <laughs> How do you feel right now after this onstage rapid fire questions? I feel, I, I feel, I mean, honestly invigorated. It, it's really like, again, if you ask great questions, it's exciting and it's engaging and it gets me thinking about the things that I care about. Yes. So that was great. I'm a bit tired because I'm sitting in a strange position but that's the nature of virtual work thanks for asking how about you no i really enjoyed um your your fresh perspective on on conversations and how you start them we we, we very often focus on how to have them but how to start them is really very difficult for a lot of people and um i think you've uncovered you know a, a piece of the puzzle that uh, in the last chapter of the book we talk about you know, what makes a good conversation and how to actually have them. Um, and one of the questions we ask there is like, what is at stake? Right? What's at stake while you're having the conversation? But it sounds, it sounds a little bit loaded, right? Um, <laughs> uh, but you could also look at every conversation as a little mini event in itself, right? It has an entry behavior and it has an exit behavior from two sides of the equation. So you're in Toronto, I'm in Switzerland. Um, there's an entry and exit for both of us, same as for the listener on the podcast, right? They could, um, they have some pains and expectations about what we do. Uh, after the event, they have some gains and some level of satisfaction. Um, during the process, they're committed to keep on listening or to press pause or to switch to a different track, right? Um, there's a return that they get by listening to the gold dust that you've sprinkled in the onstage part. Uh, there's some cost and revenues for them, right, for doing this because they get this for free, but their time is not for free. It gets some jobs done. It has a promise. Um, and there's an experience journey and an instructional design as you go through it in which they can learn some skills and some knowledge and some attitude can be changed and um, and some people learning can happen because they can now reach out to Julia Reiter and learn more about how this works because you have done some really cool two-minute video clips that I've actually was looking at and they're so succinctly uh, bottled up into little um, value bombs I would almost call them that you should watch these multiple times or before you go into a new conversation, just look at that again. And I think there's so much to be learned when you vectorize information from three spaces. So I'm excited about this, Julia. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. Do you, uh, I hate to put you in the hot seat, but do you think you'll take anything away from our conversation or just generally about, you know, from on the topic of creating value in a conversation. Um, do you think you're going to apply any of that to this podcast moving forward? Or how do you see yourself innovating? Well, I, for one, I'm going to mimic your behavior, 
right? So people are in the mimicking, mimicking business, right? So people really mimic each other quite easily. But to do that, you have to practice. And so um, I'm, I'm going to take your advice. And um, like you said, your call for action, <clears throat> if you don't instigate the new conversation, it will never happen. So you have to, you have to show interest and you have to... Um, um, sometimes play the gentle vanity card like you do in your uh, in your um, kind of intro statement, which provides a sense of belonging for the other person, and it shows a sense of interest from the one that's asking. Right. The other thing I think you didn't mention as specifically, which I really liked also in that one video, is this idea of find commonality in. A university you might have gone to or a program that you visited or uh, an event the fact that you mentioned the college of extraordinary experiences or something that i relate to warmly right is a very um it's a very warm gentle feeling that you evoke in the reader that brings them back to a different moment in time when they had that experience and i think that is you know besides the vanity card which i think is easy easier to find sometimes but i think places like linkedin or the internet at large make it so easy to find um common interest common care that i'm going to use that more and more that's, yeah, that's I what i take away how about you yeah great thank you for pointing that out uh it, it, and it, it's true i mean the the template i prescribed is the easiest version. And I, in this conversation, I talk about giving people the easiest way to implement what you're talking about so mm. that it's not a, you know, the effort's not a barrier for them to implement it. But the more you can look at somebody's profile and look at what they've done and what that signifies about what they care about, the more you can make inferences, the more, you know, going back to the sales conversation, the more you're demonstrating that you, that you really care and you pay attention to what what's been important to them and that builds a sense of trust now what would have happened i'm just wondering right different prototypes so i said hi julie of course let's find a time to speak right what if i would have responded um what at the college of extraordinary experiences um are you looking to be informed about right what, what if i ask you a content related question to the inference you're making on the common care or on the thing you identified because it has to be genuine Right. What, what happens if it's not genuine enough for you to then be able to respond adequately? Does that happen? Well, I would, I mean, and, and I guess I, I, you know, I should have made this clear, but I would only, I would only suggest reaching out to you since, since you have the world at your fingertips and you have LinkedIn at your finger, fingertips and you could literally search anybody. I would only suggest reaching out to people who actually do something you're genuinely interested in. Yeah. That's another, I guess, you know, or find a specific aspect of the profile that is genuinely interesting to you. Yeah. Uh, and um, because because there's a thin line between genuine and flaky, right? Yeah. Is it a th is it a thin line? I feel like there's a, like I guess <laughs> maybe there's a big big fat line in the middle. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's maybe from the reader's perspective, but or yeah. the the you know the recipient's perspective, but. Uh, I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but I mean, hopefully you are going into these conversations with, with a genuine curiosity 
and and you know, hopefully that's what that's why you do what you do mm-hmm. um and just to answer your question directly about with if you you know the person really doesn't have that much time which happens a lot and they they respond saying you know what specifically would you like me to answer um it's it, it is in a way an advantage because then you have you know this here you still have an opportunity to learn from the horse's mouth you know uh tangible things about this world that you're hoping to get into um that that you can then reference and so i think you know if, if they give you if they if they ask you to they encourage you to ask specific questions you then have to look more into it and to ask questions that are more educated as opposed to to, to doing it, you know, in a, in a phone call. Um, and then with the, with the, with the answers that they give you, there are ways to utilize that as well. The more, you know, about, you know, if, if you're looking, for example, to work more with a client or with an organization, uh, and this person you've reached out to represents that organization, if you can ask specific questions about their experience over messaging, hmm. um, and just be thoughtful about those questions and, you know, take the time to research them, then that's information that's going to help you, uh, figure out who else to speak to and and you know we this for another conversation we could talk about how to ask I mean we've already sort of talked about it but you know what questions to ask that actually get people talking but um I would say it's an advantage if you have more time to think as we talked about earlier yeah and I think the the follow-on question also brings you closer to the need maybe right so uh, maybe it's 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 almost like a zoom factor where you right you you kind of zoom into the next trigger that they offer you or that that comes from as a response um which i think is something we're all going to experience now more and more the the first time i experienced getting closer to the need before meeting someone um was actually when you know at the at the at the dawn of social media you know back like 12 14 years ago i think when you would have conversations with people online and then you met them face to face Right. So let's say you were bouncing around ideas on specific uh, channels, let's say Twitter or whatever it might be. Um, And because you've established a rapport around common care and then you meet, it's almost like you can you can cut the obligatory chit chat and, you know, nice, nice, nice. I don't know what that word is. Nice. 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 Right. And and you fall right into the into the into the core of the conversation by 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 skipping the beginning of it almost like you 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 fall into the meat and potatoes of the actual preference um of the need of that person i think with the online networking or you know like what's going on if you do it right in the way that you were indicating that um i think we're going to have more and more of those experience at the upcoming well-designed live events or if you were able to bring those people together, I know for a fact in two weeks from today, uh, we're going to be at a conference for PCMA in Lausanne here in Switzerland, which is so many people I didn't know that were going to go there are now indicating that, you know, reaching out and saying, oh, are you going to be in Lausanne? Or we're asking in our community who's going to be in Lausanne and people are motivating each other through the network because there's an opportunity to then meet in a place that is of common care. Sadly enough, it might not be driven by the program design of the actual conference, or it might not be maybe even more by destination of the fact that it's in close proximity or you know, some, something that brings these people together. 
So somebody creates a spider web and then all the spiders resemble in one place, you know, reassemble in one place. And those conversations are going to be different, I think, from those same conversations at the edition before the COVID period. That makes me really curious. I look so, forward to hearing about how that goes. Yeah, and that's maybe an actionable thing for you, Julia, that you might take away from this one uh, is, are there events you've been to in the past that you'll go to again in the future? Um, so pre and post COVID, so to say, or, um, and is there a difference in your own behavior as to how you attend them? And that's something we can then talk about next year. <laughs> yeah. Or again, earlier. I'm taking time to think about that. Do you want me to answer that now? Yes. Or do you want me well, to if you have a first reflection, feel, feel, feel free. Yeah. Well, like, you know, in, I hate to refer to this again, but in recruitment, we would always, you know, when we were prepping students or even hiring managers to attend an event, again, us being responsible for them getting the most out of that event, we would tell people and remind people to do re look up somebody's LinkedIn profile before going to the event. Sorry, you know, look at the attendee list, look up the LinkedIn profiles of people on the attendee list find one to two interesting things about them and mm. then be very direct in your conversation with them. Mm. Maybe instead of asking, do they have five minutes to chat? You know, you just approach them, but you say, you know, it's so nice to meet you. I've actually seen you on LinkedIn. Here's one to two things I'd really like to learn about. And then you don't have to break the ice. Um, and then the same thing with hiring managers, we would tell them to, you know, study the resumes of the people coming to the event. Mm. Most events I went to in the past that were professional, prompted you to, to put your LinkedIn profile in your registration. And it's for that exact reason. So I think the only, and this is a, a kind of a separate topic, but what would change about my approach or my experience at in-person events, I think post pandemic is just my appreciation for them. Like, and that's kind of a separate topic, but you are so targeted when you're on zoom, because I think generally it's people don't like to be on zoom as much. And so you know, hopefully you're, res you're respecting the other person's time, hopefully, and you're very direct with that conversation. Um, though I think that that's important um, in in-person settings to get the most out of a conversation. There's, I think everybody watching this can relate to this, that there's, you know, the, an element of human connection that's physical, that people just being in the same room as someone that you can't get online. Uh, so I look forward to that. Um, but hopefully people, you know, can especially if you're sending messages to two to three people a week like i suggested hopefully you can get really good at meeting as many people or i should say having as many valuable conversations as possible at an in-person event absolutely um and who knows there there might be an opportunity in the future where we meet at a virtual uh, at a live event uh, or people listening to this podcast might run into you and go i heard you on a podcast right um and I hope with that installment of the design to change offstage or backstage is what we call it officially. Um, normally backstage, you would then have some drinks and, you know, kick back and have, uh, have more time to talk. Um, but for today, we, we really want to thank you, Julia, for uh, sending that first uh, two, no, three sentence uh, prompt on the 9th of September. Uh, that led to the onstage and backstage recording of this uh, of this podcast. So we can now share it with many more people, and hopefully that scales the amount of people that you can reach and that can reach back out to you. Thank you so much for having me, and I hope everybody listening to this goes out and makes valuable connections.
Awesome. Thank you, Julian. You've been hanging out backstage on Design to Change Designer Conversations. Thank you for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe and share conversations online using hashtag design to change and hashtag event canvas. Want more thought-provoking content like this? Visit designtochange.online to purchase your copy of Design to Change, elevating your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Don't forget it's more than just a book. Experience a hard copy, audio format, video format, and even augmented reality. Experience it in your style and format. Tune into our next episodes and hear from more designers and change makers. Until then, we look forward to our next conversation.